Fuck. Fuck me up real good, Marvel. Open your mouth, prepare your tongue, because you're about to get a taste. I cannot believe we've gone 12 episodes without me being able to talk about Final Fantasy. Well, I know the doll is bad, so I gotta think the dusty balloon is less bad. I mean, if all life everywhere ends... What have I that's, lost? Facial hair as a theme is not something I ever would have chosen. So yeah, that's the one that Rock is just sweaty the whole time. Yeah. He's got that good, good pony Jafar beard. <laughs> I've got three pages of AMA citations. This is the Debate This Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Debate This Sidebar. Spider-Man! Um, <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's what we're doing today. Um, it's a podcast within a podcast. And uh, before before we kind of get into this, uh, much like the last time we talked about a superhero movie, if you have yet to see Spider-Man Far From Home leave, turn this turn this off, go, go see it, and then come back. Well, like, download. thanks for downloading. <laughs> Finish the download. And then maybe listen to it later after you see the movie. Because it's real good, y'all. It's real good. Or, like, delete the download, then re-download it again. Because I think that Ooh, helps yeah, our numbers. Um, but anyway, so today it is just um, myself, Todd Thomas, and Andrew Henderson. Um, the other two podcast boys are busy doing adult podcast boy things. And Andrew and I decided to get up to go see a showing of a movie at 9.30 in the morning. Hey, quick poll. <laughs> Did did anybody out there know that they play movies at 9.30 a.m.? Because they do. It's the first time that I got coffee at a movie theater. I mean, that, yep. was, that, was, a, that was a thing. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't no, hate it. No, it was fine. I, I, yeah. There were only like 30 people maybe in the theater. Yeah. Like it was great. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to do a little bit of recap about Far From Home. Um, talk about some of the spoilers, some of the reveals. Um, this is not necessarily a review of the movie, though I'm sure we'll tell you how much we loved it because it was very good. But we are just basically going to go over some of the things that that we saw that we thought were worth talking about. Um, so, my friend Andrew. Yes, Todd. Tell me, what were some of your thoughts? What was your overall God. thoughts on Far From Home? I don't usually come from these and just start gushing. I think the last time I really, like, I came home from one of these superhero movies and was like, oh, my God, it was like, this happened and this happened was probably Logan. Yeah, that was was pretty good. um, Just because it was so different. This was so good. This was so good. I mean, I can say with absolute certainty, this is my favorite MCU movie. Yeah, uh, we kind of talked about it since we just saw each other when I dropped you off at your apartment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this was in, in a lot of the... And a lot of the solo superhero films, I think, especially the second one, has historically been the weakest. Um, and I would say that is not the case with this. Like, this is being the second, you know, solo outing for Spider-Man is very, very enjoyable. I think they managed to do a really good job taking a movie that is technically connected to a whole universe and making mm-hmm. it feel and coming off of a huge universal situation the the snap the re-snap the third snap like you yeah know, they, the fact that so much shit has happened the blip as they called it and yeah, it's now it's now it's the blip <laughs> so much shit happened and this is still able to get you caught up tie some things in and then still exist by itself it it has this uncanny ability of making putting equal weight to the universe like constantly reshuffling itself and Peter Parker kissing a girl on the mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, in a in a situation like the universe is clearly at risk all the time with Marvel, but 
you're still really worried about if he's going to be able to kiss MJ. Like, yeah, that's, I thought that was very, very good. I also thought it was really cool how they showed literally the snap and then how it was undone. Um, the, the crudely put together opening montage oh of, God. of like high school AV set with comic sans so and, um, and Whitney Houston's I'll always love you. Like the, the yeah. boom was constantly in the video, which was great. Cause it kept like dropping in and I, <laughs> I think they just did a really, really good job, like making you laugh at something that was so big and important and then like kind of getting you caught up and moving on. Like, oh, you know, here is this yeah. other antagonist. Like, we all gonna... get it. I mean, no one. No, you go ahead. You're good. Yeah, totally. No one, no one, no one seeing this movie ha- has not either seen Endgame or doesn't exactly at least know what happened. Yeah, they I think the the fact that they showed, you know, nerdy kid who ends up being this new antagonist you know, like beefcake, uh, like by saying like, Oh, it's been five years. And he got, he, he became swole. He's, he's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's healthy. Yeah. He ain't missing meals. Well, Which like when we said this a lot, when we did our end game one or end game episode, it was like, it's so weird that half of the earth lived through the apocalypse and the other half is just like, Oh, it's a Tuesday now. You know what I mean? Like what a weird, like a, what a weird situation that they didn't need to go into. But like, Man, 21-year-old Brad has seen some shit and is now sitting on a bus with a bunch of 16-year-olds. Like, weird. And it was also really funny, too, seeing the two high school anchors talking about their various, like, where the one's like, oh, it totally sucks that even though we were halfway through the semester, we had to retake all those classes. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, I guess to some of these high schoolers, like, that is a big deal. Like, (laughs) we forget these are high schoolers. Um, oh, man. Well, and, they, and boy, howdy, do they, they don't want us to forget it either. Well, it, so instead of talking about, you know, their actual life as a high schooler, let's talk about some of the biggest things of, of Far From Home. So, you know, obviously we had Mysterio as the big bad, which, you know, there's I, I, there's a lot to be said about both Mysterio and Jake Gyllenhaal and Marvel for pulling or I guess Sony slash Marvel for pulling up like a B list villain yeah um but yeah. what were your what were your thoughts on you know mysterio jake gyllenhaal that heel turn that happened that clearly oh, no man. one saw coming yeah jake gyllenhaal <laughs> knocking out of the park i mean what a good what's his what's his real name it's uh clinton uh, quentin beck quentin quentin beck thank you um yeah quentin beck interesting character uh just like with homecoming they they made it's an, it's really interesting how Tony Stark is the main character of all these movies without even being in the movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, let's take the fallout from the Stark industries has a lot of implications. So let's take the fallout of all these things that happen. And it's, there's a certain point when they, when they're like kind of walking you through this, like this big, the big heist. when I mean, they do the reveal and again, the reveal that everybody sees coming, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's not really a mystery, but the mystery is, well, who is real? Who is this guy really? And it's all these people who were standing in the side in the side wings or whatever, standing in the background, who have basically allowed or who built the things that Tony Stark has presented throughout the movies, and 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 specifically things that Tony Stark has presented as like one-off jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the the big callback to uh, the guy who uh, what's his name Obadiah Stane like yells at in the very first Iron Man. Where he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, Tony built it in a cave with a box of scraps. Like that guy who was in the first Iron Man movie makes right. a cameo here. Like when we joke about like a deep pull, like that is the deepest pull, 
you know, yeah. the, the, it's very they, good. They reached back and they got that guy and they're like, you are part of this. You were wronged by the Stark Corporation or like their implanting of. Um, you know, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character in the the barf montage where Tony's like, oh, yeah. we made this and it's kind of helped me with some trauma. It's barf technology. <laughs> and yeah. then you've got you've got Quentin back in the background like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. this is my life works life's work that can change the world. And you just gave it the acronym barf. Yeah, that and that's and a totally like a throwaway line mm-hmm. at the beginning. That was the beginning of Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. With um, where they introduce. Yeah. We're not when they talk about his parents leaving. So and and I think they that's also very intentional because I see a lot of Baron Zemo in the Quentin mm-hmm. Beck um, character, like this kind of one-off character who is you know just a dude, but the things that he does are so much more than him himself, than his personality or his abilities. Like it's not it's he's just a person, but the things that he sets in motion, and I think that's like the through line here. Mm-hmm. Like just like Civil War was a was an excellent transition into Infinity War, this is an excellent transition out of Infinity War. Yes, I think. I mean, obviously, I think we knew there were going to be Iron Man references, and even though they were they were very obviously part of this through line of the movie, I didn't ever feel like it was too much. Like I was really worried mm-hmm. that it was just going to be like, "Hey guys, Iron Man's dead. Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man." And yeah. there were quite a few Iron Man references looking back on it. Like they were everywhere, but I never yep. felt like that took away from the focus. Like even though Tony Stark was the linchpin of what like kind of set this in motion, we still had Peter Parker as the focus of I need to take care of this. Yeah. Yeah, and and just like well, okay, so let's I think let's let's go back. So going back to Quentin Beck mm-hmm. as a character, um, I think two two places or two specific spots really stood out for me. It was the first bit when they're at okay, so what happens is through, you know, what seems like random happenstance, uh, you get this crazy water monster and Quentin Beck appears and he's like shooting green lasers at it and it's all very, you know, it's all very sci fi and and everyone just accepts it because it's like, well, crazy shit. You know, we were invaded by aliens five years ago. Like, yeah. crazy shit happens all the time. Like, whatever. This guy's lasers. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then Spider Man's fighting him, and and Spider Man doesn't really do anything. Mm-mm. You know, he's just kind of he's just kind of like he kind of helps a tower not collapse as quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And and then immediately after that, you know, he's you, you get a lot of this like he's just like playing like stereotypical dad. It's like you did a good kid, like. You're really good, kid. You know, it's like you're you're really strong. Blah blah. blah. He's just like constantly like charming and buttering buttering him up. Mm-hmm. And and the the why you're like, oh yeah, like Jake Gyllenhaal's character. He sounds very heroic. But Spider Man didn't deserve any of that praise because he no. didn't really do anything. He didn't earn any of that trust. And and as they continue, he's like, yeah, I really trust you. He's like trying to be his best friend. And it's like it's pretty clear. Like it's, it's I think it was it was it was supposed to be clear to the audience that he was trying to to fuck with them oh yeah we know we know who mysterio is they don't the characters don't yeah i mean i think you know i i'm sure there are some there is someone who went into this movie not understanding this and like clutched their pearls as the reveal happened (laughs) but the the you know i would say 95 or more percent of people that went to watch this knew it was coming it was just Mm -hmm. how was it going to happen and i think that was so often 
in comic book movies, they follow bits of the source material. Very mm-hmm. obviously, if they're bringing in old enemies, whatever. And sure. for a steer for a story starring Mysterio, you assume there's going to be a misdirect. You just know it. Like you right. know that that's <laughs> like his whole thing is he's a special effects yeah. artist. Like that's what's going to be. And so it wasn't the if it was the when and how. And so when it happened and then he did like the bad guy montage of here was how the plan all came together. You know, thanks Teresa from accounting like Janice, you got it. Like how good was that? How good was like the oceans 11 crew of, of Stark back Stark's backing men. Yeah. And it was, and I mean, it was just so, so good to watch that happen. Um, I, I, like I said, I, you know, and you kind of said it too. I, loved everything Jake Gyllenhaal did. I loved that when they did the press tour, he was still saying like, he's the good guy. Like, you know, right. they completely committed to it and everyone yeah. knew, but like everyone's just kind of like, okay, but like, you're not, you're not. <laughs> and we know it's going to happen, but how yeah. is it going to happen? Um, I also really, really enjoyed to, to keep talking about Jake Gyllenhaal for a second mm-hmm. in the end credits scene when, uh, Talos and his wife were like in the car, like leaving a message for um, for Samuel Jackson for Nick Fury. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah. So we gave him the glasses, like you said we would, <laughs> and then um, that was okay for a bit. And and but basically saying like the shapeshifters got owned by a shapeshifter. Like like you know yeah. what we we done goofed. We're we got it fixed, but it was a problem. Like. I just love that kind of like meta joke that built on itself. Like, nah, we, we also messed up. We messed up pretty bad. <laughs> Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, so that was, that was the first bit. It was, it was him really just super like laying on the, the superhero stuff really mm-hmm. thick to, to a good degree. Like to like, I sound like Captain America right now. Like he sounded mm-hmm. like Steve Rogers. And then the second bit was, way at the end when he's finally like the holograms are done yeah and he's like lying there dying and just the delivery of you know like the 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 whole the whole mantra behind the like team mysterio mm-hmm. you know was like at this point people will believe anything and, yeah. I, and I don't i wish i remember the exact wording maybe you do yeah it was i mean he i can't remember the exact words but he definitely said like they'll believe anything they see like Basically, yeah. like if if they see it, they'll believe it. Like I can't remember yeah. the exact line, but that was, was his whole premise. It they'll was believe. very nihilistic. Yeah, because like even when his when his special effects guy is like, "Hey, they're gonna see the drones," he's like, "No, cut the hologram." Like they'll, yeah. I'll show them what I want them to see. Yeah, that was that was crazy. And and for a second, I'm glad they didn't. For a second, I thought it was gonna turn into like he was just gonna t- turn lean into it and make like a big Mysterio. Like he's like, "Oh, if I can't be the hero, I'll be the villain." But it was so much better than mm-hmm. that, and and I think we should wait to talk about the post credit scene because that's going to be half the episode. Yeah, yeah. So um, so let's yeah. let's move let's move on and yeah. kind of springboard off of this. So um, obviously, you know, we had and, and we you and I had said this offline as well. The Spider Man, I guess, two solo outings so far have given us two of the best Marvel villains that I think they've executed on, um, being that. being Vulture and Mysterio two truly b-list enemies that that you can't really like take them out of that category because vulture's thing was i've got sharp claws and i'm an old man and i will drop you like (laughs) and then mysterio is i master illusions because i'm a special effects guy and they they took these two characters that have just been such throwaway and have now given us like two vibrant grounded good um villains which i mean i 
I want to say that we haven't seen the last of Mysterio. Um, so I guess if we're talking about what comes next after this, I mean, do we, do we have an idea of who, what bad guy or bad guys, bad people we see in mm-hmm. Spider-Man three? Like, are we building up to a sinister six? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I have, I have a, a theory and I, I think we disagree on this. I, I, th- I personally think that, so if I'm reading the cards, I think the MCU, for as far as Spider-Man is concerned, seems like they're trying to stick with the old and and re- basically like remix the classic Spider-Man. Like everything that we've seen to this point is very much the Tobey Maguire era of Spider-Man. Well, one and two, like the golden era, the the Sinister Stick, the Sinister Six, excuse me, the the old classic villains. Basically, everything pre-Venom. Mm-hmm. Right, pre eighties, pre like super edgy. So we we really haven't touched on symbiotes. We haven't touched on doppelgangers. Any of the kind of the crazy Spider Man stuff. It's it's all good. I mean, that's sure. really good storytelling. It's just very different than where we are right now. And I feel like if I'm reading the cards, MCU can do a really good job of remixing and modernizing the classic stories. And like we've seen with Vulture, like we, I mean, I I would love to see a Rhino. I think Rhino Mm -hmm. and Scorpion are actually like pretty interesting villains. Again, they're like B-listers, but they could, if they, if they gave Scorpion the Vulture treatment, I mean, that would be really cool. Um, Well, and they, Kingpin's another example, you know, like those would, those would all be really interesting. And they, so they planted at least the seeds of Scorpion in Homecoming because there was a Mac Gargan in Homecoming who in the post credit scenes with Vulture like had the scorpion tattoo on his neck and he was I don't know what he said if it was like yeah. I'm putting together a gang or or like oh we have a common enemy or whatever so they've definitely like planted the seeds of that and I think they planted the seeds of Shocker they planted the seeds of Prowler we, um, we had Shocker in Homecoming right yeah More some form some form of it um yeah. the the bottom line is that you know I think I think it's it's you know we're fooling ourselves if there's not a conversation of the sinister six. I think the question is so I think I'll make a statement. I don't think that is that is Spider-Man 3. Like I don't yeah, think maybe not, maybe not. I don't think they'll get there. I think if anything that would be like a Spider-Man 4 situation, mm-hmm. you know, building up from there. Um you know, and I I think the other thing that that you and I have talked about before is you know, does does Norman Osborn come into this play? You know, because there was a whole big plot rumor that Osborn had bought um, the Avengers Tower and there was going to be some big post credit scene with Osborn. There's also a lot of discussion that um, apparently in a test script for like this for Silver Sable, I think was what it was. Um, oh, yeah. There was there was so there was eventually there was originally talk of using Osborn and Kevin Feige talked them out of it because they had different plans for him. Um, so the question is, you know, and here's what I would pose to you. If there's a sinister six, do we have like a mayor of New York Osborne behind it? I love mayor of New York Osborne. I I really do. I mean, really, I just want, I just want the movie version of the PS4 game at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and so again, if we keep taking cues from what we just watched, a lot of Mysterio's thing was like, oh, there's a power vacuum. Like, there is not the Avengers right now, as you know right. it. Tony Stark right. is very obviously gone. And now, if we, you know, and we can talk more about the post credit scenes when we get there, there was a reveal of Spider-Man's identity. Um, so now That's we've right. got people know who Spider-Man is, more or less, and there are no heroes around organized. 
So yeah. would this especially not especially in New York? Yeah, especially would this would this not be the time that some bigger, more powerful thing steps in to try and like wrangle and take control? And maybe yep. it is billionaire Lex Luthor esque. Yes, not Osborne. That that is so much more compelling. Like coming in as a Harvey Dent is so much more compelling mm-hmm. to me than than just Nyahaha Green Goblin. Yeah. Well, and, and here's here's another pitch since, you know, the beginning of this question was, you know, what comes next slash Sinister Six, whatever. Here's here's a pitch that I would take for a third Spider-Man. Now that the world knows Spider-Man is Peter Parker, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Is this where we see people go after his family? Is this like a Craven the Hunter situation? Mm. Like, which I mean, there's been rumors that Craven was going to be in Black Panther coming up, but is this where it gets personal for him? You know, yeah. that's um, interesting. I would, I would also throw. I want, there's, there's a big thing I want to get to with the other big reveal in the after credit scene. But there's one other thing I want to throw out there too that I thought about on the drive home. So we obviously had at the the post credit scene we had uh, the scrolls showing that they were taking care of business while <laughs> Fury and Mariah Hill were on vacation. Oh, man. Uh, the scrolls being uh, Nick Fury's proxy is is really funny. Which I was I was reading some stuff online um, after we watched it, and people had said like there were cues in the things that the Nick Fury character had said. Like apparently he said something to the Spider Man like your planet. Um, he had made that oh. reference. Or if you think about when he said Captain Marvel, he's like, don't invoke her name. Like you don't yeah. you don't deserve to do that. Yeah. Um, I, but, I would be willing. There's a lot of things I would be willing. I, I'd want to watch for. I'd want to I, I want to watch for more Iron Man Easter eggs because oh, I'd yeah. be willing to bet I'd be willing to bet there are way more like not just the the giant like wall murals of Iron Man but I bet there are a bunch of little like visual Iron Man Easter eggs. Well, like and when Spider Man again for that when Spider Man put his hand through like the visual effects thing on the airplane and Happy's that like yeah man I got it I'll take care of the music and then for Spider Man really to cute. be like like oh I love Led Zeppelin and you're like no that's. <laughs> ACDC, but all right. That that um, was so sweet and enduring. Endearing. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was if we're talking about how and like, I don't know how it gets resolved that, you know, we have a reveal of Spider-Man's identity, but I'm willing to bet money. Not a lot of money because Marvel's good at Mr. X, but I'm willing to bet money that we get a scene where if the Skrulls are going to maintain their role in the universe, that we get a Skrull Peter Parker standing next to Spider-Man. Like that's oh, how they yeah. that's how they solve this to be like, hey, I can't be Spider Man. I'm over here. I got that 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 like Yeah. That would be that would be pretty interesting. I I, I like the scrolls being more involved. Well you, you said something. So I'm not super familiar with Secret Wars or Secret mm-hmm. Is it Secret Invasion or Secret uh, War? It's so those are both things. Secret Invasion is the one that Okay. Well and so we yeah, we had talked about this offline that um there's a line in the movie where uh, Talos says something about, oh, we knew there were Cree sleeper agents. And yeah. so the whole thing of Secret Invasion is that the Skrulls managed to infiltrate, um, I don't know if it's just mostly United States, but it's Earth via superheroes, uh, mostly the heroes of the Illuminati. And it becomes a whole big thing. It was a whole run in Marvel of, you know, who do you trust? Because anyone could be a Skrull. And mm-hmm. so we've kind of already dealt with the scrolls, but maybe there are still scrolls that are bad. Maybe the Cree have found a way to mask themselves. You know, we had with, um, uh, with Jan Rog's character in captain Marvel, he was like a pink skinned Cree. So maybe Cree 
kind of look human. Like I, yeah. I, I think that there were, there were seeds that were planted that could still lead to a secret invasion storyline. And I don't think that the line of, you know, Oh, there, we knew there were Kree sleeper agents. I don't think that was just a pure throwaway. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't want to go too much in Creed and sure, sure. because we covered it a lot and we did Captain Marvel, but we, <laughs> we have only seen what is really one faction of both races at this point. Yeah. You know, and we've, and we all, and we, to be fair, we saw them 25 years ago in the, mm-hmm. in the, or even more so than, I mean, that was, that was the scroll. That was a small set of scroll refugee refugees in like 1993. So we have, I mean, who knows what's going on yep. with them right now. They could be bad. They could be in the middle of a civil war themselves. So like, it's, it's not just the, it's not just to say like every scroll is now a good guy and every Cree is sure, a sure. bad guy, you know? So here's the question that I think we came here to answer. Yep. In the post credit scene, was it, or is it, or is it, is it the best, or is it the absolute best thing <laughs> that J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson? Fuck, fuck me up real good, Marvel. <laughs> he is, he is Marvel's God. Alex Jones, and I'm here it. for it. I love it. I, I like, I stood up and cheered. Like, <laughs> like a gut roll. Yes! <laughs> I think the only time I reacted like that loudly other than that moment was when happy threw the shield and then, and then goes, how does <laughs> yeah. cap do this? Like he just like, just totally like wangs that shield, like 10 feet yeah. all floppy. I would, I would like to nominate secret MVP of the movie. John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have not really, um, connected with the happy character until this movie. Yeah. I think that he's, he, he just kind of plays this little like in and out role. And I think, I really did enjoy him in Iron Man 2, but that's only for the fight scene that him and Black Widow had down the hallway when they show up and he's like, he's like, hey, I'll take care of this. Stay in the car or whatever thing he says. And he spends five minutes boxing down one dude while Black Widow like trips and hangs up and like, you know, incapacitates half a dozen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like John Favreau, you know, he 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 threw a shield like a like an asshole um but yeah the 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 jk simmons reveal um which i had heard rumor of and admittedly two or three days ago i saw a photo of him just on set um which i mean is obviously kind of a giveaway but how how excited you know are are we as a fan base to see a callback from the original trilogy you know spider-man make its way to this one yeah, it's really good, and that never happens. No, especially with these Spider-Man movies. I mean, they always exist in a vacuum, and then they just go away forever. Well, and and if you think about it, the only other similar through line like that that we have at all is um, from the original. I don't know if it was the original from one of the first two Hulk movies. Um, we did get um, oh, what's his name, uh, General Ross back. I mean, we had General Ross in one of the first one, or I think it was the um, the Edward Norton one. We had General well, Ross that in one, that one because the the Ed Norton one technically is it's still, still canon. MCU. Yeah, yeah. It's people just like Ed to Norton isn't. people like to kind of write it off. Um, yeah, but you know, I think that's about the closest thing that we got to this. But this was the first time we had someone come from a like quote different yeah. story playing the same character, which. I mean, who else plays J. Jonah Jameson? It's so good. He's it's perfect. It's it's mm, just what, what what angry like conspiracy nut do you have yelling at you than the director from 
the movie Whiplash. Like the, the, you have right. him just screaming at you. Well, it's funny, and it's kind of gone full circle because I mean, again, that movie was 2001. That was 18 years ago. He kind of built his career on that role. Like he, like he crafted that role. He has crafted the character of J. Jonah Jameson as much as any comic book writer has. Yeah. I mean, I would say he he did in the the limited run that he had, he did to J. Jonah Jameson, honestly, the same thing that like Robert Downey Jr. has done to Iron Man. And Iron Man right. had a dozen movies to do it. Right. You know, J. Jonah Jameson or uh, J.K. Simmons had three. But if you if you read, you know, if you read a comic strip of J. Jonah Jameson yelling, you yeah. hear J.K. Simmons voice you in your head. Absolutely do. And and here's well, here's another example. So if you play any Spider-Man game oh, sure. before 20, 2001, because J. Jonah Jameson, he's been in, he's been in everything, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he is a mainstay character. We all know who that character is. If you if you see or listen to, I don't know, I mean, probably in the cartoon, too, I, mean, I would imagine the cartoon or any of the like N64 games with Spider-Man. That is that is a completely different character before after J. Jonah, Jonah J. Jesus, after J.K. Simmons played that character, everybody does that the same way now. And even yeah. if it's not J.K. Simmons, like in the, the PS4 game, in, you know, and, and other, in other medium, in cartoons since then, right? It's all based on that. And it's the same thing with Tony Stark. I guarantee you in the uh, Marvel or uh, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark is going to be RDJ Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Because I that's think- Tony Stark now. Like, that's just who Tony Stark is. I would agree. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly it. They've kind of crafted, you know, they've taken these actors who have been cornerstones for how people have gotten into this character and now kind of said, well, that character has to reflect that person now. It just, that's just who that person is. It's really neat. It's cool. But it's, and it's, it's interesting to see him come back. So so I want to, I, you know, I think people are going to go and if they've listened to this, they've probably already watched the movie. Hopefully they watch it twice because I think it was that good. Um, Obviously, this is the end of phase three. Like, this is the yep. last movie of phase three. So my question for you, Andrew, for two mm-hmm. two Spider-Man questions that I have. Um, okay. One, and I, and I think we'll both answer this, and I don't know if I even have a good answer. One, what comes next for Spider-Man? Yep. You know, if you think about, like, the third Spider-Man movie that will happen, what what happens? And mm-hmm. two... If they continue the theme of having the word home in their <laughs> movies, what is it called? Oh, man. Um, well, I think the joke was we, we kept saying homeward bound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man homeward bound, um, which I'm not opposed to. Um, that would, that's such a weird through line to just have to always have home in it. And if they home do it for the third Spider-Man one, home is where the heart is. Well, you know, I think that if they do it, they have to, they either have to commit to every Tom Holland's like Spider-Man movie has home in it, or they do it every three or something. Um, yeah. You know, and again, like we're at the point now where knowing that he's going to work on a third movie, we haven't yet gotten a fourth solo outing for any hero, though. There's like rumor of mm-hmm. a Thor four. Um, I was going to try and combine the words Thor and, and four, but it just, you know, you get four. It, what um, happened with Fantastic Four? So, yeah, yeah it, worked, so there, it, worked, it worked well there. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't know if they keep the, the bit going. I kind of think they will. Um, and yeah. my early entry into that guess is Spider Man Home Alone. 
Mm. And it will be a a thing about him trying to like stop people from going after the people he cares about, maybe. Um, mm. Or he feels like alienated and he is on his own. But that was kind of what happened in this one. So I don't know. Yeah, I think like so this this one had a lot of while it I mean, you said this earlier, it has nothing to do with this. The Raimi movies, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it really does have a lot of the energy and the and the um, the vibe of Spider-Man 2. Um, which is, you know, the best in, in that trilogy. And, yeah. and that continues the trend here. It's, it's a real Empire Strikes Back, if you will. Um, which that's always what's compelling about Spider-Man's character, right? It's like he, he can't help himself. He's, he's, he's a better person than he wants to be. Yeah. And, you know, while this was a very intrinsic Spider-Man focused, I think the next story has to be extrinsic. It's how he... So I think Home Alone actually is interesting because it... I think you could tie that to what you said earlier, which is Spider-Man is all by himself in New York now. Like mm-hmm. there is no, there are no other superheroes on in New York, in America, presumably in the world, wherever the hell Dr. Strange is, which we'll probably find out in Dr. Strange too. Yeah. Because he's not, yeah. Pre, I think the answer was preoccupied. Like when he was running right. down the roll call, he's like, he's like off world preoccupied. Don't yep. invoke her name. Like, there, there are people that are that are other heroes, but they're off doing shit. Right. I mean, well, who's left at this point? We've got Hawkeye. <laughs> I mean, so well, if you think about the the roll call at the end, I mean, you've still yeah. got you've still got a, a Hawkeye deep and Wanda. You've got a deep cast, but I mean, they're all doing stuff. So I mean, yeah, you've, Hawkeye, you've got a deep cast of supporting characters, yeah. though. Hawkeye, right? I mean, Hawkeye is gone doing. He's he's living life on the ranch, building what I assume is going yeah. to be like the new Avengers training ground to go train with old man Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> you've got the 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 fact that there's going to be a Wanda Vision like series on the Disney Plus streaming service, so mm-hmm. they're going to be learning how to fix vision and live in the suburbs and he's going to wear sweater vests. Um, you've <laughs> I got, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I want to see them move in next to some, like some sheltered white couple who is not comfortable with their love. Like that's what I want to, I want to <laughs> see, I want to yeah. see them set them straight. Wanda and vision go to MAGA country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, we've got the, the Falcon, uh, winter soldier yeah. Disney plus series. So like, Everyone who exists is kind of tied up other than, you know, Black Panther's doing his thing. He's not hanging out in New York. You've basically no, got no. Doctor Strange and then Paul Rudd is in San Francisco, I think. I, yes, I recall. Yeah, I believe he's on the West Coast. Yeah. So, like, they're kind of over there. So, yeah, you're kind of right. I think that Doctor Strange does have a New York sanctuary. Um, it's Bleecker Street. But yeah, that's he that's that's the sanct the sanctorum. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Sanctum sanctum sanctorum. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, so I would I would imagine he's out of the picture for whatever Doctor Strange 2 is. So I think Home Alone is actually like a pretty good call. And then you know, the only other honorable mention would be all of those like Netflix heroes. Um they're all in oh, Hell's yeah. Kitchen, but obviously like who knows if they're going to like redo those. Who knows what that's yeah. going to end up being. Um, so yeah, I mean, home alone could be a real thing, but here, here'd be the thing, you know, think about the storyline we just got in Spider-Man far from home. Could we ever have guessed any of this at the end of Spider-Man homecoming? Like I couldn't have guessed Mysterio. There was no hint for that. Well, and we didn't have infinity war. So, right. I mean, there was, I mean, this is, this is the second Spider-Man movie, but it's really the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. And I mean, aside from guessing Home Alone and that he's figuring things out, the only other thing I could guess would be that if they're trying to make a big push to what the future of Spider-Man is going to be, maybe Home Alone becomes, you know, maybe the, the whole fact is like, oh, he is super alone. He's realized this again and again now he needs to find friends like yeah. he needs to he needs to build his supporting cast which yep. you know that we could talk about does that mean that they bring in Miles Morales does that talk about the full spider or multiverse for spider-verse um right. because even though there wasn't true multiverse talk today even though that was what like Quentin Beck's thing was the reality is that like Doctor Strange already talked about an infinite parallel number of universes. Like that's mm-hmm. already been discussed. Like that is canon if we want it to be canon. Yeah. Um, I'll pitch this to you. So something that I was thinking about earlier to answer the first question, because we kind of glazed over it. Like, what's next? Um, obviously, like we have no idea, right? Because mm-hmm. there's gonna be a there's gonna be three or four movies even between the next Spider-Man movie. But yeah, um, I think one of the things that they hinted to, they're kind of playing in the space of, especially toward the second half of the movie, is Spider-Man or Peter Parker and his Scooby-Doo gang of, of <laughs> other like plucky teenagers. Yeah. You know, cause you've got, you've got MJ, you've got uh, Ned and then you've got Flash Thompson, hashtag flash mob, flash mob. <laughs> I, we, we talked about yeah. this too. I, I just want to say like kudos to Sony and Marvel for mm-hmm. not making flash Thompson a one dimensional, like beefcake with fists that bounce oh, yeah. Peter off of a, a locker. Like Lo- they made I love him flash Thompson. Yeah. They made him a much more for like, I hate to say like relatable bully, but like he's the kind of bully that you would see in a high school today. Not that there's, I'm sure not like guys that bounce people off lockers, but like he is the kind of like a preppy bully of, Oh, I have all this money. Look at me. Also, my family life is super terrible. And so I project, <laughs> all my insecurities yeah. out on everyone that's why i'm bad he's he's so likable like he's one he's one of my favorite every time he's on screen i was loving it because it's like that bit that they had in the previews was like i love spider-man he's my he's my hero what's up dickbag yeah yeah <laughs> like, he makes so he good. makes me he makes me he, he inspires me to be a better person what's up dickwad like yeah and you're like <laughs> ah there it is the duality of flesh <laughs> right and and like two and so i i can definitely see you know, them all growing up and kind of staying con- connected and going to college and whatever and having that storyline, but th- all of them being friends now and just like having that kind of Scooby-Doo and they can, they can run the B plot and, mm-hmm. you know, feed a Spider-Man and, you know, kind of like an, like a team Oracle almost for Batman, right? It's like sure. feed him information and, and like, that's really interesting. So you, you've got that, um, outside of the external universes, like we, Maybe like we could get in like a black cat or something else yeah. where he has like a sidekick or you know not in a sidekick but you know like a like a supporting superhero like something like that who's like in the Spider Man I don't know that'd be neat too well and and again let's just let's just hedge some bets and and say like if they are going to break past the third Spider Man movie and they want to keep printing off money they're going to do Sinister Six eventually and yeah. I don't think that Sinister Six becomes like an entire MCU thing but I don't. I hate the idea, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. As a child, even, I hated the idea that Spider-Man takes on the entire Sinister Six all by himself. Like, I think it's just bullshit. I think it's stupid to think that, like, six of these, like, truly deadly bad people that almost killed him on their own now share their resources and still beat him. So, I mean, you know, I think they're definitely, like, the way with the way that they're building these villains. No, a Sinister Six, like, they would be too crazy, too powerful. (laughs) But mm-hmm. but like a Sinister Six where it's just like a bunch of mob bosses yeah. and like kind of stronger guys, people kind of stronger p- 
people that are better than henchmen, like, okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the way that they're going, that, that wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let, you know, cut it, look back to the, the Andrew Garfield version. If it would have been like, uh, if it would have been like a really like dumpy vulture and rhino and scorpion, like sure. A bunch of people sure. that just hit really hard. Cool. But knowing that they will likely, I mean, really, if they could nail that doc, Ock, if they could <sighs> like, yeah. And if they've got like someone like Mysterio working with them and then they've got some ringleader, you know, I, I just don't see that playing off as, Tom Holland against these six A plus now villains. So I don't know, you know, we have, uh, what's his name? Flash Thompson becomes, uh, agent venom in like the comics, which I think that's too long of a play to even pretend they're going to do. Well, he's got to go off to war and then get crippled and come back. Yeah. He's got to have his legs taken off. Like it's a whole thing. Um, so that's, that's a bit much. Um, but, I think the future is Sinister Six. I don't think it's in the third one. I think it comes if they manage to nail the third act and then build from there. Yep, I think that's fair. Well, knowing that we've now fully discussed and worshipped our our new God King, J.K. Simmons. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah. Do you have any other any other parting thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home that you want to get out oh, into man. the podcast universe? Um, it's really good. Go see it. End of sentence. (laughs) I, yeah, I think I'm really interested to see what happens with the identity reveal. Um, especially knowing that we're now at a situation where, like I said, there's this big like vacuum of power and, you know, a lot of the themes of this one were like misdirects and who's telling the truth. And so I wonder, like, again, I think that leaves it wide open for, someone like Norman Osborn to show up yeah. into the third act to be like, I'm here. It's me. We, we definitely need another en- enigmatic billionaire. Uh, and if it can, the, when the rumor was that it was going to be, um, Oh man, what's his name? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. When there was a rumor that oh like he God. was being talked about yeah. being Norman Osborn, like <laughs> give me that blend it up, put it in my veins. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I do. I do have a parting bit um i want to go back to real quick i want to go back to happy and john favreau yeah as i didn't really cry that much in endgame like i thought the i love you 3000 was sweet and, mm-hmm. and whatever and was like okay that's nice but i did like i thought the the whole bit from the minute that happy came down in that violet field to like him seeing happy and just being like mm-hmm. so glad to see it. like tom holland acted that really well yep he was like he was all beat up and he was like he was terrified he didn't know where he was he didn't know what to do and he just like he needed like a dad, you know, he needed he needed somebody to just tell him. And that was like that was really nice. That was really sweet. And uh, and that whole bit of him like stitching him up was fun. Yeah. And then you you alluded to it earlier, but I thought that was really cool when they showed him when they showed Peter kind of doing doing Tony Stark's like, you know, hand wavy computer thing that doesn't mm-hmm. exist in any technology. No, no, no. no. Um, that was that was very cool. That was very well intentioned. So. I think you had said it before we started recording. John Favreau is he is all of our stepdads. Like yeah. he he is he is the stepdad that that we don't deserve, <laughs> but we certainly need. we certainly need. Um, yeah. Well, then with that, we'll go ahead and cut this. Um, thank you all for listening for another sidebar here with Debate This. Uh, follow along with our arguments and our discussions on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. And check out our website at DebateThisCast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our fantastic, nerdy, 
uh, Alex Jones-esque J.K. Simmons show. <laughs> Just kidding. That's never going to happen. Until next time, I'm Todd signing us off, saying thanks for debating with us, and if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.